The Chiefs lost two young contributors on this day in the heat in St. Joe at training camp. What does that mean? How do they recover? And what's the future hold for Chris Jones today on Locked on Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. This is the Monday show for Locked On Chiefs, your view into the Kansas City Chiefs. We're here every day for you, you everydayers know that. You locos are our kind of people, and we appreciate you being here. If you're not one of us yet, make sure you like, sub, and hit that bell, because we're here for you five days a week. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now go check out another Locked On show for your next listen, because we have it all covered across the league and across every major sport that you could be looking for. A lot to cover today, the comings and goings, as pads have gone on in St. Joe, has started to turn the fortunes for some. A lot that we have to, to take a look at and really take a, a frank look at what this means for the roster as the 53 starts to slowly take shape. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting. NFL33.com, where you can find all of my NFL-wide work, including draft classes, etc. And RGR Football, where you can see all my breakdowns and my team's estimation of what the Chiefs are going to look like. As well. Now, this is a podcast format. Usually it's a two man show. Chris is out on vacation. So you guys got me today. Welcome to a brand new week. Three days of pads have come on. And actually, the hitting's been pretty good. If you missed my piece over the weekend on Saturday, uh, Travis Kelsey getting, getting a little hot, getting a little tempered. Uh, go back and make sure you check that because we're here five days a week for you. And uh, on this particular weekend, six days a week for you. So <clears throat> that all kind of rolls into what's going on. Been chippy, been aggressive out there. Been a lot of guys trying to make their team and make their 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 oats right now to get themselves onto the 53-man depth chart. And it's a shame that we have to say that Isaiah Moore and Nazi Johnson are going to IR because they both had season-ending injuries. Uh, Isaiah Moore was a guy that I, I thought could push for a spot to make a contribution on special teams. Uh, I do believe that Jack Cochran was somebody who was probably uh, feeling the heat a little bit. That might be part of the reason that he flared up against Travis Kelsey. You never know. Uh, th they do want to always have an edge out there. I've talked about that before, and you just have to ride that line. Now, I don't think any of these injuries were due to uh, any extracurricular activity or tempers getting out of line or anything like that. Um, it's just sad to see um, some young players go down. Isaiah Moore is one of them. Uh, the the bigger sad case is that Nazi Johnson was pushing for a, a spot in the top three or four cornerbacks on this roster. And to see him go down is is demoralizing for me because I think he may have been the player making the biggest leap year to year that we saw in this camp to this point or any time in this offseason. Now, he's somebody who played a lot of special teams for this team last year, and that is going to be missed. Whether he had gotten himself into the third cornerback position or not would have been a great story, and I, I think would have been telling about where Justin Watson, uh, I'm sorry, Josh Williams and Jalen Watson are. Justin Watson's another story. We'll talk about him coming up. Um, it, it really is unfortunate because it obviously is a, a terrible blow for, for Nazi Johnson, who understandably is uh, frustrated, but evidently uh, in good spirits and should be able to be back next season and continue, hopefully pick up right where he left off. Uh, Josh Williams had some positive comments about um, how he deals with it, his, his personal uh, attitude in hopefully how resilient he can be. That said, it also leaves a hole here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Jalen Watson and Josh Williams have been not getting as many reps with the ones here so far in camp, particularly with the pads on, and that may not have been a permanent situation, but Nazi was playing above them with the ones, with Legereus Needs staying outside 
And when Nazi came on, playing outside, which uh, I, for one, uh, didn't actually expect. I thought he'd be more uh, relegated to the nickel, but it was Trent McDuffie moving into the nickel position uh, while Nazi was was coming in as the third. Now that gets turned on its head. Uh, is it Jalen Watson? Is it Joshua Williams? It looks like it's going to be Williams to start uh, initially here, filling in that role. And obviously you have a number of guys that are pushing to make this roster. This helps Nick Jones. Um, and Nick Jones is the guy who's going to have to take up the slack. Had a PBU in practice today. Um, it's coming along in what I thought was going to come down to a competition with Nazi Johnson and the two of them vying to be that next guy that plays and gets time with this defense in the upcoming season. When we take a look at the depth chart, it's, it is very plain to see, and I'll put it up here for those of you that are watching on YouTube. Uh, make sure you like and sub right now so you can see this. And if you're not yet, uh, if you're subscribed on Spotify and uh, Apple, uh, make sure you jump over here and check us out because uh, the video does uh, allow some visuals like this to come through. Even though we are still technically a podcast, we try to do a multimedia presentation. And you'll see here in the depth chart um, that is Jalen Watson moved back up, Nick Jones uh, behind him. And it does leave you with that that hole. Uh, Nick Jones was going to have that battle. He's going to be in the mix now. Josh Williams is going to be in the mix now. We know Jalen Watson is already in the mix now. DiCaprio Boodle, uh, the, another guy who's uh, kind of mixing it up, should be in the mix as well. The question is going to be, how many guys do they keep? Nazi Johnson was making it a little bit easier to not have to keep six corners. That may be something that has to change now here. We're going to see who steps up in the next few days. Uh, one guy that I do want to see more of is uh, Khalif Hailasi, uh, um, because I, I do see a couple of plays that I think show his upside, and there could be more behind that. So it is going to be a topsy-turvy group in the cornerback group now, but you have returning experience in Joshua Williams. You have returning experience in Jalen Watson. Uh, DiCaprio Voodoo has been on this roster for, for quite a long time, and Nick Jones is the guy who's been making some noise. So I do feel like there's still some spark here. And the quarterback group, uh, while they will miss Donald Johnson, particularly on special teams, uh, that special teams role may be the thing that makes somebody roster eligible this particular season. So uh, for Nick Jones, that's going to be important. Uh, for anybody else who wants to try to get on here, maybe DiCaprio, we will see. Uh, I think it's going to be Williams, Watson, obviously Sneed, uh, Trent McDuffie. And then the question is going to be, where does it go from there? Do you go experience? Do you go uh, edge? Uh, and I think edge is something that we've been talking a lot about this week. We're going to talk about it more about who's trying to edge somebody out. Uh, the wide receiver group is going to be front and center here over the next couple of days. But before we get there, I got to tell you, this is the time to take your swing right now. Uh, betting on MLB is super easy and FanDuel can get you 10 times your bet amount in your first bonus bets for up to $200 right now. That's $20 bets and you'll land $200 in bonus bets if you win or you lose over at FanDuel right now. That's $200 you can spend on betting everything from the money line to the under over to who gets RBIs, who hits that first home run. Uh, it's all in the app. It's safe, secure, and very easy to use. And plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. And that is a nice plus. So sign up today at FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official partner of MLB, NBA, and your NFL. My NFL says that there is a lot of changes going on. And we got an update from Andy Reid that I think really set us on the path for what we have to look like coming up. It is that Kadarius Tony is making progress. And while we see Nazi Johnson, Isaiah Moore go to 
uh, IR. Jody Fortson has been banged up, but his shoulder is apparently not going to be season threatening. Um, so they're going to work him through. Uh, they were able, uh, I, I believe it was a shoulder separation that was then returned. And you got to think that that's coming along. That's great. Noah Gray has stepped up in his absence, fulfilling that role. So who's stepping up with the wide receivers with KT out? It is very clearly Sky Moore and MVS, the two other starters that we had pretty much slotted. But then it becomes a nice group that is all competing for not only touches, but for playmaking. And Rasheed Rice has shown himself to step up a little bit. Justin Watson is somebody the team believes in. He was at the podium today as well and has made a couple of plays, a couple of drops as well. I think all the second-tier receivers are uh, temporarily experience a little bit of the dropsies every now and then. Uh, and then there's the phenom Justin Ross, who looks like he's starting to put it all together. I talked about this in RGR uh, tonight as well. And I, I think it's worth mentioning that cautious optimism is a good thing and understanding that roads are long in order to get to this point. But now's the point where I don't think it's hype training anymore. I think it is to the point where Justin Ross is showing that he's still caught that body awareness, the ability to manipulate routes, stack defenders like he did in college when we all remember how dominant he could be. And at his height, uh, looks like he's got good weight put back on. Hopefully uh, he appears explosive. He's able to manipulate what he's doing. And the key is this. Along with Rasheed Rice, who I think has been standing out this week uh, since the pad came, uh, pads came on as well, is that they, they are in the right place for where Patrick Mahomes needs them to be. At the end of the day, everything that they experienced in the offseason, everything they went through uh, down in, in Dallas, has to be going towards that, that ultimate goal of being where Patrick wants you to be. Because what makes Patrick special is his ability to not only – uh, decipher and use his extreme arm strength, whether buying time in the pocket or fading out the back of the pocket or whatever he has to do, uh, in, in order to make completions that are extraordinary. But it's also his ability to understand where a ball needs to go in relation to the receiver. And that's being <clears throat> steady and straightforward and in the correct place for that wide receiver so that he can then put the ball where it needs to be depending on coverage, the leverage of the DBs, what's going on in the rotation of the zones, there are a lot of things that go into it, and it's all based on his vision and his instantaneous decision-making that allows him to do that. And that's something that takes uh, this mysterious element of chemistry that we all talk about from time to time. It takes reps, and it takes showing that quarterback that he can have faith in you and that he can understand that you are going to make the things done that need to get done. At the end of the day, that's what I'm seeing from Justin Ross <clears throat> as he picks up momentum. Excuse me. This is one of those days. Solo shows are always a little bit challenging uh, to, to keep everything rolling. But as these days get harder and harder, showing the quarterback that you're where you're supposed to be in order for the offense to run the way it's designed to run is going to be key. I think we're very comfortable with Sky Moore. He's obviously understanding the playbook, uh, helping in alignment for guys like Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross, um, being a resource, help them get things right. And from what I understand uh, from what's been going on at camp, with folks that are there every day, uh, there is a bit of that. This guy more is the guy with the answers, and the, the younger players do still need a little bit of help. That's a really great way for him to learn and expand his knowledge even more for what his quarterback needs. And so it makes me drift towards the fact that hopefully Kadarius Tony is, is perfectly fine and is ready to go week one. Uh, I, I question how much ramp-up time he has. He's a guy that has had soft tissue injury in the past. This is not soft tissue, but – 
what happens when you are not regularly training and hopefully the, the meniscus allows him it generally needs a lot of rest and so you're not gonna be doing a whole lot of whole, hardcore training I, I hope that when he does come back he's able to feather it in because a guy with history of soft tissue injury that has to then take time off in camp and come back into the season has a general inkling players like to push themselves at that point and sometimes that's what backfires on a guy that has um, some recurring issues with soft tissue injury. That's what Kadarius has, has had through his career, and I think that's one of the things that the chief staff has to really guard against. They're going to take that to the nth degree. Now, for me and my experience as a strength and conditioning coach and, and a performance coach and a physiologist, there are all kinds of factors that go into it, and everybody's body chemistry is a little bit different. I think that the familiarity that the medical staff as well as the training staff have developed with Kadarius Tony since he he was acquired by the team. And we have to remember, he wasn't here for training camp last year. Uh, it is a new uh, process for him, a new environment for him. Um, that does add body stress. Hopefully they understand and they've come to uh, be more fine-tuned into what his body needs in particular. Uh, somebody asked me the other day about uh, the Gatorade pods that are like specifically formulated for players. Um, if you're in there and you're in touch with Gatorade every day, that can that can certainly help. But in general, it's going to be the training staff monitoring you, making sure that not only your hydration levels, but your nutrition is correct, you're keeping electrolyte balance. Those are all things that are going to play into how Kadarius Tony is able to work back from this injury and work back into a, a, a practice position and hopefully a position to be on the field. <clears throat> now, today's uh, update from Andy Reid that he is feeling well uh, and he is making progress makes you feel like he should be on the 53 roster. Uh, he has to be in order to be available during the season. So I, I think it comes down to the conversation about how many receivers are you keeping? And when you have Kadarius that you know you're going to keep at least for the first day, the initial cut, and then maybe you put him IR and you bring somebody back up. But uh, with Sky, with MVS, Rasheed Rice is a draft pick. He's going to be on this roster. Uh, that's You're already four deep. And so the, the question becomes, uh, with all these guys that are showing some promise and showing uh, the ability to get loose and make an impact – it becomes precarious. Uh, Richie James has had a good camp being a guy that knows where to be and can make some plays. I, I think the reliability of what his game brings to Patrick Mahomes is going to be very attractive for the staff come cutdowns. Then you have obviously <clears throat> Justin Watson, as we talked about, who's a guy that the contract says they want him here. Uh, certainly Kadarius Tony even commenting on social media that, uh, that we don't, uh, we out here outside the building don't, give Justin Watson the credit that he deserves for the role that he plays within the wide receiver room. That also goes to show that there's more there. So there's at least six, mostly seven at this point. If you're counting KT having to be on that roster uh, day one of the 53, uh, there are seven viable options here. And that's not even counting guys that might give you an aspect like uh, Amir Smith-Marset, who I think has something to offer. Uh, guys like Nico Remigio, who I think has some return ability that could be attractive to the staff. Ty Scott is now back in camp. We'll see what he has to bring. There, there's a lot of uh, higher floor players in camp right now that's going to make estimating their ceiling the biggest part of deciding who's going to make this 53-man roster. We'll know more as camp rolls on, <clears throat> and certainly when we get to preseason games. The biggest question is, when's Chris Jones going to be back, and are we going to see him in the preseason at all? We're going to get to that right after this. Now, Chris Jones is the topic at hand because he is uh, the, the one missing piece here. Uh, as we saw on Sunday, there were a number of players that were held out of practice. 
Uh, the list was fairly significant. Kadarius Tony, Jody Fortson, aforementioned. Uh, Mike Dan is out with a calf strain. Turk Wharton is still working back from the ACL. He's on the pup. <clears throat> that was not a surprise. Uh, and then Nazi Johnson, Isaiah Moore, as we know. The, the lone addition to that is Chris Jones. And <clears throat> some reports from Adam Schefter getting a lot of questions here out in Chiefs Kingdom about, is he closer to coming into camp? Are things thawing in a way that will allow Chris Jones to get back in the fold and everything's going to be all right and heading down the road with an extension? I can't say whether that's legitimate or not. There's been a little bit back and forth this weekend. If you're judging by social media, I think we're behind the curve. I don't think social media is the way that we're going to find out the, the, the information we need to know when or if this is going to happen. But my personal view is that given that he is under contract, he doesn't really have a way out there. He will play for this team, report to this team at some point. What becomes critical for me <clears throat> is that despite being a part on, on dollars per year, uh, what the AAY is, that becomes secondary when you get to the point where this is a contract year for him at that point if they don't get an extension done. And you're trying to go repeat. Chris Jones is adamant about staying with this team and repeating. I think he's going to be in. <clears throat> I think by probably most likely by the second preseason game, Chris Jones will be in camp. I don't think there's much way around that because of this reason. If he's not in camp by the second preseason game, he doesn't get enough reps in the preseason to make it worth it, to get himself ready for week one. And Chris Jones knows that he has to be ready week one. If he really truly believes that this extension isn't going to happen, he's going to have to go play elsewhere. We'll talk about the tag and all kinds of other scenarios here later in September September when we know more. He's got to ball out, so he's got to be prepared. He's got to be in camp and understanding what's going on. Yes, he knows this defense in and out. There's going to be new wrinkles. There's going to be new assignments. There's going to be new guys playing next to him. That's going to be important. So I think what we should keep one eye on when this signing is happening and if there is thawing in the negotiations, which is a good sign, I do have to say, but we also have to understand that the end result is going to be that Chris Jones plays in 2023 and for the Kansas City Chiefs. Is there a, a minute, a 1% a of 1% possibility that there's another scenario that he plays for another team? There's a trade out there or something like that? Yes, but it's terribly minute. And I, I, I shiver to even give it credence because a lot of people ask the question, but it is so far-fetched that I have to remind everyone that the most likely scenario is that Chris Jones plays for Kansas City they look at possibly the tag next year, and maybe a deal is reached in the next offseason. There's a lot to be done in the way that that can come out. But if he is, certainly the guy that's going to reap the benefits is going to be lining up with him. And that is Charles Amenehu, who uh, was in front of the press for the first time this, this uh, preseason. Had some good things to say. I think gave probably Chiefs Kingdom a little bit of confidence in what he's bringing to the roster. I think also... The fact that uh, reports are generally out of camp that he is playing, once the pads came on, he is playing very, very well and bringing the passers that we hoped that he had. <clears throat> I know in OTAs people were giving him static for uh, you know dropping into coverage and that kind of thing, but that's it's more of a feeling out. He admitted he, he does not do that generally. And Steve Spagnuolo needs to know what he has. Joe Collin needs to know what he has and what his capabilities are. But make no bones about it. Charles Amenehu will be playing forward for the Kansas City Chiefs, not backwards. Every now and then you might see some outlandish kind of replacement type zone drop, uh, but I don't anticipate being that a big part of Charles Menehue's game. So then with the Dana calf strain and him missing time, who else is rotating? What do we need to see here in coming up this week? Uh, my eye is going to be squarely on Felix. Uh, I want to see Felix Andike Zama make some progress. 
he's behind. Let's let's be honest. Um, I don't think that we should be uh, concerned about him or blaming him for anything. He was unable to participate in OTAs because of, of uh, the surgical repair. Now he's back on the field. He's got to make up that time. And I think it's going to take a little bit. But at the time we get another week or 10 days in, I do think you're going to start to see his name uh, pop up a lot more. I want to see when that starts to click. So he's a guy along the defensive line that we'll be watching this week to see how he progresses. I hope that it's smooth. And I hope that it's uh, something we can see linearly because without Chris Jones, particularly now, there's an opportunity to get more reps. There's an opportunity to make more of an impact here, uh, especially if we get to a preseason game and Chris Jones isn't in camp. He's one of the guys that has to make <clears throat> take advantage of it and, and make the most of it. I think George Karloftis is another. And um, from what I've seen and heard around camp, George Karloftis has come in and has has picked up where he's going. Uh, working on a long arm uh, against Jamal, uh, I think it is a, a great sign. I, I think he's a guy that has the ability to expand his pass rush repertoire. Working with Tom Ali, I want to see that pay off. Um, I think probably the first thing that I will do when I get to camp will be watching the D-line and their position drills, uh, see what they have to offer and see who's making progress. That's the group that I'm, <coughs> quite honestly, uh, coughing, biting at the seams here to try to get more information on. Who are you interested in seeing this week? Who do you want to see take the step up? I'd like to know in the comments, whether you're live or whether you're watching here on replay, drop them in there on the YouTube channel, drop them in the Spotify re reviews or the Apple reviews, whatever you like. Tomorrow, I'm going to be back. We're going to give you that camp update and see if something changes. Who's going to be the linebacker? Who's who's making the special team snaps? Is Jack Cochran out front? Where's Cam Jones in all this now that uh, Isaiah Moore is going to be on IR? And how does the repetition groupings change for the cornerbacks? We'll have updates for you. Make sure that you like and sub and hit that bell. We very much appreciate your time. Hope you have a great week. Thanks for being with us here today. And I'll be back with you tomorrow. Matt Derrick on Wednesday. We'll see what else we can do for the rest of the week. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow.